podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, we're going to talk about karma and rebirth from a mystical place as well as a materialist place. Um, before we get into that, go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com, click the about button, read a little bit about me, uh, what I have to offer you. If you're interested in booking one-on-one time with me for private sessions, you can do that through email or through a direct message on Instagram because that's where I'm most active. Uh, if you're interested in having me come into a talk or workshop at your yoga school or some other facility, you can also reach out via email or direct message as well. Um, the Patreon donate button there. If you're interested in taking part of the first Wednesday of every month online gathering, that is part of the $10 a month Patreon tier. If you'd like to attend, but you don't want to have a subscription, you can do that for $20 uh, through PayPal or Venmo one time. Just be sure you get me your email address. Um, If you like this content, if you enjoy what I'm doing and you would like to donate, you can also do that through PayPal or Venmo. It's always appreciated. Uh, Online store, the new one will be up shortly and the new book is on its way. So, karma. Karma is the predisposition of the mind to attraction and aversion. It is not a mystical scorekeeping system. It is not tit for tat. It is not, uh, it's, it's not what's happening. It's what the mind does with what is happening. How does the mind relate to the events around you? That's karma. Um, uh, I know I've mentioned this before, but you know, when someone is dying, when my mother was dying, uh, I believe my karma was really good at that time. And, you know, someone could say if they're very attached to life and to, you know, how their mind relates to death, they would say, well, your karma is really bad because, you know, God is taking your mother from you. Well, my mom can't live forever. Neither could my dad. So they had to go. And how my mind related to that fact of life is uh, that's what karma is. You know, and uh, due to the, the, the time that I put into practice and, and things like that, my experience of that, the way my mind related to it was good, in my opinion. Um, when I say how the mind relates to it, um, what does the mind think about it? <clears throat> so, so that's karma, right? Um, when we talk about reincarnation or... Um, rebirth, right? We're talking about, and I believe that a lot of the uh, literature on it, the old texts are allegorical. I believe that birth and death are mind states that involve physical things. It's as simple as like, you know, for a period of time, I drove a gold Honda CRV. Um, and now I drive a black Mazda CX-5 and I just moved from car to car. My personality, uh, the way I am with cars was the same. And the only thing that changed was the outside vehicle. And that's, that's kind of how this goes. So this present moment that we're experiencing right now, is the result of a previous present moment or the moment before that. So the way I think about things right now is the way I am going to, or the way I did think about them previously. Um, So if I am, you know, always noticing, you know, 
jerks or assholes or I'm surrounded by this, I'm surrounded by that. And it's so annoying to me. Well, that has to do with the way I thought about it previously. We all, we all go through this. I mean, I live in South Florida and I drive, you know, through Broward County a lot. And my experience of that is my mind. Um, when my mind is in a good place, I have a different experience. When my mind is in a bad place or I'm stressed out or whatever, then I have a different experience because that experience is my mind. Your karma is your experience. So karma isn't what's happening. Karma is how you're experiencing it. And you're experiencing it through this process of reincarnation that you're reincarnating and taking rebirth into each moment. You know, you die to the previous moment, you take birth in this new moment, but you brought all of your mental stuff with you. Um, you know, you can take rebirth from being a cashier to being the CEO, but if you brought your mind the way you thought about things as a cashier and you get elevated to CEO, but you have the same mind, then you're going to have similar experiences. That's what this is. Um, you know, and when it comes to... Uh, when people, um, let's not get into the mystical end of it yet, but so this present moment is the result of the previous present moment, which is the result of the previous present moment, which is the result of the previous present moment. I'm having the experience that I'm having right now because of the way I thought about things previously. That's karma. Um, we all have a different experience and our experience is our mind. I hope this is making sense. Um, it makes sense to me, but I don't know if that's because I live in my head and you don't. Um, but I always, you know, I always feel that like death is that thing that um, really lets us know when the practice is working. Um, how we deal with other people is a way to know that the practice is working. Um, you know, as someone who's been practicing for a very, very long time, uh, do I ever have a bad day? Yes. Do I ever have a shitty experience? Yes. Is that my karma? Yeah. Um, how I dealt with it the time before is probably how I'm going to deal with it this time. You know, and that's my karma. So karma isn't good or bad. It's just what's happening, right? Um, whatever my attractions or aversions are on a large level or a subtle level, that's my karma. And so my karma is going with me into the next moment, into the next birth, into the next lifetime. So if I'm not this body and I'm not this mind and that I'm the soul or an awareness or whatever that thing is, consciousness that transmigrates from birth to birth, then I take that stuff with me and I'll have a similar experience in the next birth. Um, if I really clean up my act here, then maybe in the next one I, I'll have a different experience. It's like if I work on the way I perceive my relatives, you know, then in the holiday season, I go and I see them and I have dinner with them. I have a better experience. We've all had that. Um, but to get into something else here that's related to karma and rebirth, um, I'm going to kind of paraphrase certain things um, 
just because we can't possibly get into all of it. But in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, it's it's pretty um, specific about a lot of things when it comes to rebirth. Um, it's one of those books that uh, a lot of people want to read it, but once they crack it open, it, it's... In fact, it was probably the first book I ever read with Ernest having to do with Buddhism, and I didn't understand what in the fuck I was even reading. But it kind of started that practice that I have of, even if I don't understand it fully, I'm going to read it anyway, because the information needs to sink in. And I have faith and believe that when I do that, it'll make sense later. It might not make sense right now. <clears throat> but, you know, they talk about Bardo states, these in-between states, and they talk about these different entities that you encounter. And when you read it, you know, it all sounds very mystical, but really it's kind of just an allegory, right? I'm sure there's, you know, people that believe it literally. Um, but... You know, you think of like the the realm of the hungry ghost, right? That's an allegory. You know, um, there was a guy in my sangha, Bruce, who used to take everything very literally, and he, you know, he'd say, "Well, that's a, you know, that's a that's a great way to end up a hungry ghost." Well, the hungry ghost um, archetype is this being. Well, it's not an archetype; it's a being that has a little tiny throat and a little tiny mouth, this giant belly. And it's, it's insatiable. It can't be satisfied. And it's craving constantly. And every time it gets the thing that it thinks it wants, it consumes it. But then it just burns it from the inside. And it hurts so bad. But even that pain doesn't keep them from being, from, from the craving. Right? A lot of you can identify with that. Um, a consumer culture is like that. Like whatever we want, 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 need, 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 consume, 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 and it's never satisfying. You know, um, so when you read about the hungry ghost, you know, go ahead and take a little Google search on that and you'll see a lot of similarities between you and the hungry ghost. So some people believe that when they talk about the bardo in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, they mean this, this birth is definitely could be considered a bardo state. And really, if the ultimate goal is to dissolve into the white light that it talks about in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, then it's all bardo states. Every birth is a bardo state until that one, right? Um, because that's where the soul and everything kind of dissolves. Um, but it talks about... It's very specific about the colors too, but I'm trying not to get into the weeds about... Um, but all of it, it's just too much. But let's just imagine that, okay, so when two people are having sex, that creates a vibrational doorway that the soul or the consciousness or mind stream or whatever of this being that is not in human form sees these two colors. I believe it's red and blue. And that is a vibrational doorway, a gateway that this soul, we'll just use the word soul because I don't want to get into that thing too, but it, it, it's the gateway that that soul is attracted to due to its karma. So you as a soul have a specific karma. You got your bugaboos, you got the things that you want, the things that you need, your attractions, your aversions and all that. But without a human body, it's just a, a vibe. It's just a vibe. And so 
you see this doorway and it's like, well, fuck, I really vibe with that. And so you're attracted to it. And then you end up taking birth through your parents, right? And so it's not that you become older and, you know, you, you, I, I, I think about myself, right? Both of my parents were very similar um, in that they didn't appreciate authority, rules. They needed, you know, for my mom and dad, I told because I fucking said so or because I'm the boss, didn't fly with them. Um, it also didn't work with them and me either. They were always <laughs> just kind of ironic. But um, they, were, they were like that. My parents were different in some ways, but in that way, they were very, very alike. And it's not that they made me that way through through nurture and nature and all that stuff. It's that my mind already had that. My subtle body that my soul, my curriculum of that, my, that me as soul is, is dealing with, that was attracted to that. It's that the, the three of us had something in common. That we had all these things in common and that's why we hang together. That's why I took birth that way. It's like, oh, you're into this shit? Me too. And that happens to be, you know, something that I'm working with. So when, so let's, let's look at that, right? Um, you could say an inability to follow rules and, and, you know, be independent. Some people, oh, that's a great thing. Some people, some people like it in, in, in theory, but in practice, they're like, well, I mean, that doesn't work out because, you know, whatever. But that particular predilection that I have is my work. Uh, can I do that skillfully, unskillfully? Um, you know, one of um, my clients, we're, you know, one of their things was that like they feel as though they exist on the periphery, that they are the outsider, the black sheep. And everyone listening to this knows that feeling. If you, if you have found this information, you feel the same way. Um, and I, I've, I've felt that way, you know, in this outsider-ness, this otherness can be an asset and it can be a liability. Um, so really the karma is to learn to be that in a skillful way, because I don't think that you necessarily get rid of it. Um, if they're listening to this listen up because this is what I'd have to say is that like I'll never get rid of my black sheepness. I'll never get rid of it. I'll never get rid of my otherness. You know, um, it's so cute in our culture that everyone's can, you know, nobody wants to be quote unquote othered, but they also want to, you know, be an otherkin you know, and, and wear cat ears and, and have a tail. Um, but they don't want to feel othered. Uh, so I want to feel othered. I want to feel like I'm on the outside. So there's a, there's a power in it, right? There's a power in, um, you know, we're on the outside because we know something they don't or, 
I'm on the outside, so I'm not beholden to your rules, which allows me to do what I want and have freedom. So there's a lot of ways to work with that lesson. You know, um, that's my karma, my predisposition of my mind to attraction aversion. And I will continue to deal with that until I've just run out of stuff, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting when I look at, you know, career-wise, that thing has been an asset and a liability at times. Um, <clears throat> and that's my karma. And I take birth into this era of my life right now based off of those previous things. And there is moments where that predilection towards being the outsider, or you could call it in a severe sense of entitlement, was a really bad thing. And it hurt me very badly, but that pain snowballed into a lot of freedom and a lot of good stuff. So karma is neither bad or good. It just depends on where you're at at the time. And, and in some moments, I was in a, it hurt, right? And in other moments, that pain became the thing that freed me. Um, that's why it's, it's almost pointless to worry about your karma. <laughs> you know, uh, if you want a different experience, then you're going to have to work with the mind so that the mind receives the world differently and you have a different experience. You know, if you want to feel um, included in, in the popular culture or included in a subculture even, right? Then you have to give up something. You have to give up your otherness. I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about, actually. You know, that he, <laughs> I, I, I look at my, my young adulthood, well, actually high school, um, you know, uh, in the whole punk scene, right? And, um, you know, a lot of my friends and I, we were what was called straight edge, meaning that we didn't drink, we didn't smoke. Some of us didn't even eat meat. I did try to go without caffeine for a minute. We didn't have like, you know, it means a lot of things, different things to a lot of different people. Um, but it was our way of telling the rest of the population that we're not like you. I'm not like you. I'm different from you. I'm different. And I want you to know how different I am. You know, so we kind of craved that otherness, that outsider thing that, you know, to be, to let them know that we're not like them. And now we're in a culture where God forbid, you're not like them. They want, you know, it's like, I don't know, man, just fucking be weird. <laughs> Wear cat ears and a tail. I don't care. Um, yeah. But that feeling that, you know, if you're going to wear the cat ears and the tail and be an other, I, I think the words other can, I don't know. I used to work at a club where there's a regular that wore cat ears and a tail and he was an Uber driver. And this dude's been where some of you live in West Palm, I think maybe. And this dude's been around a long time. 
Like he has been around and he is a nice fella. If he goes by, he, I don't know what the fuck his pronouns are, but like I imagine that I imagine that if you wear cat ears and a tail, like you've got some complicated pronoun stuff. But um, but he like thrived off that, and he I don't think he ever wants or wanted anyone to include him. I think he he liked that, you know. I used to work in a gay club. I worked in a few gay clubs, but I was a bouncer. And I had this friend, his name was Trey. And um, I remember it was, gay marriage was up for debate in politics at the time. And uh, I was like, what do you think of that, man? We're just talking about it. And you're, you're bouncing, you're shooting the shit. You got nothing to do like 98% of the time. And he goes, you know what? He goes, I hope they keep it illegal. I like being a fucking deviant, which I thought was really funny. You know, um, yeah, it's like when you, you know, it's interesting. So my, my, my leaning, my attraction towards being an outsider, being other, being, you know, my sense of entitlement, as my friend Troy would call it, you know, the liability and um, asset end of that, you know, it's like when, I think about, you know, being young, being into punk rock and like the second the band had a video and everybody was into it and you went to the show and there's a bunch of people there with, you know, loafers and polos on. It's like, what the fuck happened? You know, and that's where it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. So your stuff is just your stuff, you know, and my next birth, whether it's in this body or not, will be more of the same, you know? I don't think you know, being a person is so bad. I don't know. I, um, so karma is the predisposition of the mind to attraction and aversion. And, you know, while certain mind states might be beneficial one day, and you're like, man, my mind has, you know, cultivated this perspective and this point of view and I love it and it's wonderful the next day that might be the biggest pain in the ass you've dealt with that's karma you know and and certain things you, you know there's stuff that I'm just not going to get rid of there's certain ways of thinking that you know sometimes they're a problem and sometimes they're not when they're not a problem I really enjoy it when they are a problem ugh, whatever so I'll keep it um, and on the topic of rebirth, you're constantly taking rebirth. You're constantly reincarnating. You know, I was talking about this the other day with somebody that, that I've, I look at my past, you know, and it feels like a lifetime ago. Some of it was last year, you know, so I'm definitely not the person I was a, a year ago. Um, you know, my girlfriend tells me I'm not the person that she met months ago, so who knows? It's, um, that's it. This version of me is the result of the previous version of me, which is the result of the previous version of me. And then I ended up with this body, right? I mean, even the body changes, right? Like my body doesn't look the way it did last year. So yeah, it's, uh, it makes me think of when people obsess or like get concerned with past life shit. And it's like, I don't know, who cares? Like, 
you're here now, you know. If you don't like it, you should work on it. I don't know. So that's karma and rebirth. Uh, go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. Uh, click on the about button. Read a little bit about me, what I have to offer you. If you're interested in a private session of some sort, go ahead and uh, email me or direct message me. If you'd like to do a workshop or a speaking engagement, email's good. Uh, again, this present moment is the result of the previous present moment. That's it. If you want the next one to come out better, then start tightening up what you're doing now. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye.